Hey there, I'm Joshua Sheehan. Welcome to the Harvey Entrepreneur Podcast. The RV Entrepreneur is a community for RVers that are exploring ways to financially support themselves while living their RV life. And today we have the pleasure of talking with Gabe and Rocio Rivero from Armix Journey. Gabe and Rocio got into RV life a little bit differently than a lot of people. It involved a natural disaster and kind of they got pushed out of their home, tried something new and found out they loved it and then progressed into kind of falling into content creation as, as some of us do of they started creating things for friends and family and then found out that, oh, we really kind of like this, but it's a little bit more work than we thought, you know, just posting a picture up would be. And so it's really cool to hear their story and their journey of creating a brand that is valuable and creating community in a place that people find value in coming to. I think it's really cool to hear stories like this. And there were lots of little tidbits throughout this conversation that I took away to add to my own content creation journey. But before we get into the episode with Gabe and Rocio, let's take care of our sponsors. The RV Entrepreneur Podcast is brought to you in part by RV Life Pro. Perfect for every RVer, you can plan your camping trips with RV Life Trip Wizard, then use the RV Safe navigation with the RV Life GPS and Campgrounds app. Both are included in RV Life Pro. Eliminate the RV anxiety by knowing exactly where you'll camp, get fuel, and even grab lunch before you ever hit the road. RV Life has every campground, RV park, state park, and national park to fit your style. Plan your entire RV adventure, including fuel stops, rest areas, shopping, and entertainment. Go to RVLife.com and start your free 7-day trial, or download the RV Life app from the App Store. Travel dreams made simple with RV Life. Now here's Gabe and Rocio. Awesome. Gabe, Rocio, welcome to the RV Entrepreneur Podcast. I'm excited to talk with you guys today about your, your journey of getting on the road. Give me a little introduction to who Gabe and Rocio are. I'm Gabe, and my wife here is Rocio. We started the van life, RV life in 2018, April of 2018, following a pretty crazy event in our lives. We were living in Puerto Rico at the time and Hurricane Maria hit the island and that made us reevaluate and see where our life will take us. So we went with RV life. Mm. Yeah, we had watched several of the YouTube videos beforehand and just kind of went down the rabbit hole and knew that RV travel and van life travel was for us. So you guys are working in Puerto Rico. What kind of jobs are you doing? I was doing, actually, I still am running a mental health corporation virtually. The hurricane was actually the catalyst for that. It wasn't meant to be run virtually, but I was able to get off of the island for about a month and kind of duct tape style, however we could do it, was able to kind of run everything somewhat successfully virtually. And that's when the light bulb went off. And at the time I was working for a big corporate event company. So pretty much into uh, marketing and booking events from 500 to 5,000 people. And once Maria hit, actually the company I was working for took us to Utah. And that's when we started evaluating the getting into RV life. So when the time came, I told my bosses what we were doing and they were more than happy to let me go in that sense because the owner actually had done RV life for nine months also. So he was like, you definitely have to do it. Go for it. So then it sounds like Gabe with the 
the online mental health, you were able to switch and continue doing that on the road. Is that correct? That's correct. Yeah. So I had to quit my job at that time. Okay. And reinvent pretty much myself. <laughs> okay. So the hurricane forced you guys to decide, hey, we need to go take advantage of this opportunity while we're still able and while the opportunity is still there. You get on the road and Gabe is, is doing his mental health. Is it consulting? Uh, no, we br- I run a, an actual corporation that's like a management firm. Kind of the, we act as kind of the intermediary between the, a big insurance company on the island mm-hmm. and all of the individual providers, the psychiatrists, psychologists, social workers and stuff. And we basically run a couple of regions for the insurance company on the island. Gotcha. So it's very much a business to business entity. Yes. Okay. So you decide, hey, we can make this virtual. You were forced to make it virtual and decided, hey, we could do this. If we're going to do a virtual, we can do it from anywhere. Talk to me about the trip to Utah and why RV life started to to formulate as, hey, let's go do some traveling since we don't have to be in a specific location. So we already were pretty into the outdoors, even before we started dating. We met each other through common friends and we would go on kayaking trips and hiking trips on the island. Once we were, once we went to Utah for a month after the hurricane, we took that time to also explore in Utah. I had been before, but Gabe was his first time. So I showed him Zion National Park. We went to Moab and explore arches and obviously fell in love with the adventure. So that was like, okay, we, we can do this. Let's go explore the United States. There's so much to see. Why not? Mm-hmm. And now from what I understand, you guys kind of jumped back into a stationary position. And Rocio, you got a, a job partway through traveling. How long were you guys on the road before becoming stationary again happened? We were on the road for about eight months. Eight months, okay. yeah. On a big fifth wheel. And we went across from Florida all the way through the Rockies and then down to Southern California. The moment we arrived, the same day we arrived, it just so happens it was my best friend's birthday party. And in that birthday party, I met who would become my boss. They were looking for, this person runs a very big RV campground in Southern California and they needed someone in special events. And that was exactly what I was doing before. <laughs> mm-hmm. So the opportunity presented that he would just not take a no for an answer, that to give it a try, even if it was just to help them for a couple of events they had that month. And I'm like, okay, I'm gonna help them out and then we keep going. But the opportunity was so good that we decided to stay for a year. Yeah, it was going to be, like she said, just short term. It was end of fall, winter was coming. So we said, you know what, we could be stationary in the fifth wheel because since it was a huge RV resort with, with all the amenities and they did the events, they we were allowed to stay in the fifth wheel. So we were mm-hmm. technically still full time in the fifth wheel. It was just there. And then after the winter passed, she was still doing well. And we said, well, well, let's go for a little while longer. And around the time we were thinking about getting ready to get back on the road, a little thing called COVID happened. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Those initial eight months, 
Were you guys financing the travels based off of your business, Gabe? Yes. Okay. And then, so, Rocio, were you doing any sort of remote event stuff for those that time before you got hooked up with this campground? Or was it kind of yeah. just your friend knew that you had been doing this and when the you met at the party, everything kind of lined up? So the first eight months were kind of rough for me in that sense, because I'm, I'm always doing something. I always have a project. Mm-hmm. And during that time frame back in 2018, there were not that many positions that were remote. Mm. So I did look for jobs and applied for a bunch of them, but most of them would require you to be within at least a hundred miles within close to the base mm-hmm. or the location where they are based on. And I just couldn't find anything. So the moment that we got to Southern California, yes, my best friend had already spoken and said that we were going to be at the party, but I had no idea. I knew that they knew someone that owned an RV resort, but I had no idea that they also did events. So it was just in conversation that it happened and it actually worked out pretty well. <laughs> Serendipitous, especially with the the pandemic and everything, because as I was saying, we we were getting ready like right at that time we're like, okay, I think the, the extended time period is up. We're ready to get back on the road. And then everything closed and we were lucky enough. She was able to keep kind of working. I mean, she was doing events when <laughs> there were no <laughs> events at that point, but she was still able to, to work as one of the managers. And we were able to stay there until she recommended the next adventure, which is where van life started. Tell me about that. Since everything shut down and obviously events, the events that I was managing were again from 500 to 5,000 people. There was no events during the pandemic. So we had to turn people away. So at that moment, I'm like, okay, this doesn't seem that it's going to be a couple of weeks. It's been a month or two. We need to get out and explore. This is what we do. This is what we enjoy being outdoors. And now we're not able to do because we're not moving the fifth wheel just for the weekend. And mm-hmm. we, there's no RV parks that are going to allow us to go to an, during the pandemic. So I came with the idea, well, let's get a small van <laughs> so we can go on weekend trips at least to get out and be outdoors with all the stressful moments that were happening with the pandemic but we went and saw a couple of used vans and after like three of them Gabe is like well let's go check out the newer ones (laughs) let's go to a dealership (laughs) and we went down the rabbit hole she says it like it wasn't her plan (laughs) I'm still convinced she knows me and it's like you know show me the shiny toy kind of deal. So she put the carrot in front of me and I said, okay, you know, we'll go check out some used ones. And within a month we had a brand new one <laughs> off the lot. <laughs> and still the plan was to go only for the weekends, but okay. the the one that we got, the, the layout we wanted was only available in New Mexico. So we had to do a road trip just to get the van. Mm-hmm. And we made a trip out of it, like we're already in New Mexico, picking it up. Let's do the shakedown and go through Colorado and then our way back through Arizona and back to Southern California. So during that time frame, we just fell in love with it. And then Gabe, 
one more trip we did we did one more trip to big bear and after that he just told me one day what about we do this full-time in the van and i was like okay you're crazy (laughs) (laughs) we can do that yes i think we can and then from there within a couple of weeks we put everything in motion yeah we don't waste time we when we make a decision we kind of jump all in Sounds like it. So you had, you went and got the van with the intention of just doing weekend trips to get out of, get out of the campground where you were living stationary in the fifth wheel. But then once you got it, you're like, Hey, we could just do this full time. So then I assume you sold the fifth wheel in the truck. We did. We, but it wasn't such a straight up uh, transaction or, or series of events. Okay. We still kind of had one foot back with the fifth wheel as a safety. Basically what happened was uh, Rocio had been coming home at that point for months and I would see that she wasn't happy. I mean, imagine being a, everybody was affected by by the pandemic and stuff and her being a an events manager and just loving that job, but having to come back daily and be like, yeah, I just had to cut cancel another huge event and mm. no end in sight. I could, I could see the frustration on her face. Mm-hmm. So I, I knew I had to do something. And she was actually the first one way back when they said, well, what do we, what if we do like a, cup, a truck camper or a van? And I said, you're crazy. There's no way we'll kill each other. <laughs> We're not going to make it through that. But at that point, I guess we just in those trips, we, we both realized we loved it. And so I told her, yeah, let's do it. And she told her bosses like, hey, the idea is we're just going to take a two to three month trip and then we can be back and I can come to work since everything's canceled. And they gave her the okay, but they knew what we didn't. And they kind of all said their goodbyes (laughs) before Uh... we left. And midway through that trip, we definitely realized. And so everything we do, we put the fifth wheel and the truck had already been sold before we left. We put the fifth wheel on consignment with a company back in California. And then in the middle of our travels flew back for a week to finalize everything, fire sale, everything we had left in the fifth wheel or giveaway and flew back. And that was it. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. And so how long yeah. have you been hundred percent van time? We did 100% van time for a year and a half before getting the house. Now it's most of the time instead of full time. Okay. And where is your, where's your home base? Uh, we are in the Charlotte metro area in just outside of Charlotte in North Carolina. Okay, cool. Very cool. So then at what point did you guys decide that you were going to share your experiences and share your story and create social media in social media brand so we started with the idea of sharing with friends and family or trip when we got the first fifth wheel in 2018 so we had the instagram handle we had the youtube handle but that didn't really happen like we thought it would happen (laughs) yeah it's a lot of work we we quickly realized we had a lot of things going on. We were looking for a job and then actually working. So we got a lot of content, but it was never put out. It was never mm-hmm. put out there. Mm-hmm. So when we got in the van, 
that's when I decided, okay, now maybe we have a chance to pick up with all of this content and start sharing it. However, again, in the van, finding reception and doing all that, it wasn't as easy. So it was like sporadically. Mm-hmm. And then we were in Florida, January last year, and we had a little break of a month or two in staying in Florida. And that's when I decided, okay, if there is a time that we're going to do it, we're going to do it now. And then I had to forget about the content that we already had from the RV because it was too much <laughs> to mm-hmm. try to catch up. So I'm like, okay, let's just do our story with what we've been doing with the van. And that's when everything took up. Talk to me about, okay, so that your handles are Armix Journey on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, all that Armix Journey. Mm-hmm. When yeah. you you said you sat down and said, "Hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna try and make something of this." Talk to me about how you came to that decision of, yes, but I need to just start from today and not go back through all of this content and things that I had recorded, photos I'd taken. Because I think there's a lot of people out there that are in a similar boat. One thing or another is not leading them to actively make content online, but they're interested in it. And then they get the bug and they say, okay, I'm going to do it. But then looking back, it's so overwhelming to try and do things retrospectively. What was the process like for you to decide, all right, we're just going to start from today? So that's the key word. It was overwhelming. (laughs) So I would sit down in front of the computer and then seeing hundreds of pictures and hundreds of videos and not knowing where to start, how to make a story out of it. And I was learning also what the social media game was, what was people interested in or what didn't need to be shared. And it was just overwhelming. So I just sat down and said, okay, there's no way. We both then made made the decision Let's just do the the van life since it was only like a couple of months into it instead of two and a half years of content. <laughs> so it was a little bit easier to go back just a couple of months than two years of content. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> when we first started, well, first of all, what she said, yeah, we had literally had terabytes, plural, of video and pictures and stuff. And since we didn't really have time to get around it, that's exactly what it was. It was overwhelming. And we also didn't really know how to take pictures and videos at the time. Like we kind of would just get somewhere and be like, oh, that's pretty. Let me take a a picture and a video of this and then move on. And it wasn't until we kind of started to try the initial time that we, we really tried was in the fifth wheel and we realized, wow, we have a lot of nothing. We have some good stuff in here, but we have entirely too much stuff to sift through and we kind of put it on the back burner. So when we did start the van life per se, we knew more or less what we wanted to record. By no means were we experts. We were still very beginner novice. We just at least had some kind of idea and direction. So it made it easier as as far as from the perspective of story-wise and the fact that it was much less stuff to go through. Mm-hmm. So most content creators have a primary platform that they enjoy. What is your platform of choice? 
That is Instagram for sure. Okay. <laughs> we, we are mainly posting on Instagram. We're now expanding and really getting into YouTube as well, getting a, a handle on the long story format, and we're enjoying that, but it is a lot more work and a lot less <laughs> of uploading and stuff. And she has gotten really, really good at the Instagram world. So yeah, Instagram with secondary, I would say YouTube. Hmm. Yeah, there's definitely a, from everyone that I've talked to and all the creators that I've spoken with, there seems to be like, you're either, you jive with short form and, and photos or you jive with long form and then switching over is definitely something, a labor of love that you have to be very intentional about learning it because one of them tends to come easier than the other. And it all depends on the person, which one that is. Okay. 100% correct. So how does that play into your weekly schedule? I assume, Gabe, that you're continuing to do the same business from North Carolina when you're at the house and then when you guys are on the road as well. Rocio, are you doing 100% social media stuff? Are you working elsewhere? Or how does this play into your overall family's income streams of content creation along with the business? And how are you guys funding your travels? So the content creation, like within a couple of months, started taking off and became not only content for our platform, but making content for brands. So okay. once I saw that there was potential there, I put all of my energy into growing Armix journey, not only our handle, but also as a marketing resource for brands. So now for a while, I was able to handle that just by myself. <laughs> And now it takes a lot of Gabe's time too. And we actually looking for even more help because it's getting to that point. Yeah. If you're listening, send us some info, send us, <laughs> feel free to reach out to us. We're looking for virtual assistants and stuff. Talk to me more about that because I think folks think about it. And as you had referenced, you thought it'd be easy. Just post a couple photos and some videos Content creation can be a 100% full-time job for multiple people. What kind of things are the hardest parts for you guys? What If you were to outsource to a VA, what are the things that you would offload first? Well, we are in the process of also getting the content streamlined. So we have blog posts, YouTube, and Instagram posts that feed off of the same content. Mm -hmm. So... To be able to do that, we need someone to kind of help us in the caption and writing. Gabe does a lot of the writing. Well, he's a writer. <laughs> but being that he has so much on his plate, we probably would need to outsource that part at some point. And video editing, as far as YouTube goes, is we we work with some people now, but that is okay. very, very time consuming. Extremely time consuming. <laughs> Yes, it's very hard to get your vision and your idea for what you, your end product you're hoping it to look like with the clips that you've taken, give it to someone else and have it come out the other end as what you envisioned without a lot of hand-holding, which then kind of defeats the purpose of someone else doing it. There's definitely a fine yeah. line of, of figuring that out and that balance. However, from what I have heard of other people who have hired editors, when you do find it, that's when the magic happens and that, that balance beam of just being able to yeah. record, give an intention, and then get back the product that you're looking for is, is awesome. That's kind of where we're at now. We, we've been working with, with a company now for a month and a half. 
Yeah, some an editing team. And they've been helping us and we're still it's still early. So we're still figuring each other out as far as working cohesively as a team, but it's definitely made life a lot easier in that long form format. Mm-hmm. The Instagram still takes 60 hours of Rocio's week though. <laughs> when, and you were very correct when we first started, the goal was like family and friends and we figure take a picture here, upload, do this. But she's very much a perfectionist. And so anything she does can't be off even a little bit. So even for family and friends, it was still taking a decent amount of time. And as we started to get good responses from friends and family and then started getting followers that were new that we didn't know, the true, the real light bulb went off for her. And she said, oh, I have to go in a thousand percent because she doesn't do anything, just even a hundred. So... <laughs> She did, and I'm glad she has because it definitely, we, I can tell you, we work at least six days pretty much every week, and sometimes we go 10, 15, 20 days without really a day off because we're always doing something, be it recording, taking pictures, writing captions, reviewing writing contracts, reviewing contracts, art, writing articles. There's always something. So the idea, like you said, of, oh yeah, just take a picture and put it on, on Instagram. Yeah, we were way off on that one. <laughs> Definitely not that. Now, are you still running your business game? Yes, I do. So that takes, okay. it. I have... Uh, and I have other things that I do on the side also. I'm also a workaholic. We both are, I guess. But I definitely put in 40 to 50 hours or so a week with regular job. Okay. And then I'd say, what, another 20 or so hours at least with yeah. Yeah. with, with Armix Journey. I try to help her as much as I can, but she is very much the brains and engine, so to speak, of the company. I'm just... Mm-hmm. Minimal talent. Stand, she tells me, stand here, hold this, take a picture. <laughs> and then since I do business, I do review the contracts and I do the financial stuff. And I enjoy writing. So I, I am able to do the writing part for articles, for magazines and stuff that we've done. Mm-hmm. That sounds like a good balance. It sounds like a very good balance. Talk to me about how working with brands and, and making content for other brands came about? Is that something that you pursued? Is it something that an opportunity presented? And then you're like, oh, I guess I could reach out to other people and do this as well. To our surprise, I say 90%, maybe 95% of the contracts that we have, it has been brands approaching us. Uh, at the beginning with only like 2000 followers, we started getting approached with just collaborations and exchanging knowledge kind of deal, like showing how we do things to other, to our followers or to their followers. And from there, from there, things started growing and we got approached for a couple of smaller gigs and then it turned into what it is now where we're working with bigger brands on year long project. Are all these brands van life related or RV related, or is it across the board? So we have been targeting the out, what we do is outdoors and RV. So 
mainly anything that ha the brands have to do in some way with the outdoors or things that we do. So it's not random things that we are going to suggest to people that we are not using. Okay. Yeah, it's <clears throat> we make a we take a conscious effort or make a con conscious effort not to do things that we really don't feel strongly about. We've definitely turned away and we have been approached by companies and brands and things that were like has nothing to do with I don't us. know why <laughs> I appreciate you reaching out, but I don't know what that has to do with us. So yes, we're very conscious of that. And there are times, I guess, where we've somewhat stepped out of that niche, our niche, but it's only if and when it's something that maybe we feel strongly about or we do use and we can say, hey, this is something that we also like and we're presenting it to you in collaboration with company or X or so. Mm -hmm. Had you guys done any working with brands before you've done things with Armix Journey? No, no, okay. So no. then how did you educate yourself through the process of valuing your time, knowing what parameters to set? Do we set an end date on when you can use these assets? Talk me through the process of learning how to do that and maybe the evolution of where you started and things you've learned along the way to where you are now. So once we started getting approached by brands, we, we knew that we needed to get more knowledge so we i watched like probably a thousand hours of youtube <laughs> content just related to like instagram and working with brands and hashtags and how everything works and then we also invested into a couple of courses from creators themselves that they were teaching us exactly how things work in the sense of working with brands, what they expect, timelines, contracts, things of that sort. Yeah. Dealing with the, the agencies or, because that's, that's another thing there. It, it's not always kind of a dealing with B there's a lot of, especially when you get into the bigger brands, there are intermediaries and sometimes more than one. Sometimes mm -hmm. they have, a social media team that deals with a marketing firm that then deals with someone else. Oh, PR people. Yeah. So yeah. It, and between the YouTube and these other creators that thank you for, for the knowledge, they really put stuff out there that helped us learn. And, and then of course, school of hard knocks, you, you do something and you're like, wow, pretty sure we gave that to them for really cheap after all the work we put into it. And it's, yeah, a, it's an ever uh, evolving thing. Like it's never going to be the same. Like what worked two weeks ago, a month ago might be different than what's working now or how things work now. And now a lot of trends are coming, for example, from TikTok and then they go into Instagram. So the, the trends keep changing and we have to keep learning that. That's I never stop. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And the platforms themselves. I mean, anybody that's uh, been using any of these platforms for this type of work, you know that almost, it seems like almost on a monthly basis, Instagram will change priorities and the famous algorithms and same thing with YouTube and TikTok. And nobody really knows what the algorithm is. It's a mystery. <laughs> <laughs> And so you just have to kind of learn and, and go with the flow. And sometimes you throw five or six, six things out there in the dark and 
when one or two of them stick, he's like, oh, okay, this is the new way that we have to do things. Mm-hmm. Are there any courses or resources or brands that you recall helped you out and you can give a, a reference to this specific course mm-hmm. really gave us a good insight? And if there's not, no worries, but I was just curious to know if anything jumps out from your memory of this was really worth my time and my money to give me a jump start. So we follow a couple of creators uh, for a while, including the Lovers Fast Forward, Through the Lens, Quinn, Quindable. So they got together at some point. They are not in the content creation. They are into the outdoors, but they're not selling themselves all the time into this is how you do it. But they put together this one seminar that we signed up for that was like three months ago. And I can say that that one probably was the most valuable that we have ever gotten. Right? Yeah, definitely. It was like a five-hour lecture. Each one of them talking about their specialty. One of them specializes in TikTok. One of uh, another couple specializes in YouTube, and another one in Instagram. And they were saying everything that has worked for them and how they approach brands, how they deal with contracts. How one of them used to work for an agency, so she was sharing her that side of the content creation. How agencies look for content creators and what works. So that was very valuable. I don't know if the uh, seminar, it was online for a while. I don't know if it's still available or not. We can check and then kind of send it to you if you'd like to maybe do a follow-up or, or put it on the information later. Yeah, I definitely. can say through the lens, right? She does through the lens. She actually specializes in this. She's a content creator that she threw the same way before having the guidance of other people. She kind of had to stumble through things or they did. And she created a a course and she helped so many people do this specific thing where she will say, use this spreadsheet to kind of figure out more or less what you should be charging for licensing and for work and posts and things of that nature. She has a lot of how-tos, and I believe she was the one that kind of reached out to everybody for that seminar. And I can tell you that her and the Lover's Passport as well, we follow them. They do very similar things, uh, and we highly, highly recommend either one of them individually, both of them, if you are looking to get into this space. Yeah, that's super helpful for sure. And I'll make sure I put links to those in the show notes so people can go check them out as I know I'm going to be checking them out as well. Give me a time frame. Someone who is you five years ago, I'm going to share photos and videos with friends and family and it's going to turn into this huge social influencer thing. What have you learned now as far as time frame? Say you get a message from brand on Instagram. They're interested in collaborating. From that point through completion of delivering assets and getting paid. What's an average time span of a project like that, I guess? It depends because not all projects are created the same. Sometimes it could be as simple as, hey, we just want one post, a static post or, or a picture and you know, saying you know, XYZ about the company. Okay, well, that that's not going to take 
that much time. And since I'm used to reading contracts on a regular basis, they'll send a contract. I'll go through it almost immediately. We'll discuss things, reply, and we can have something like that completed from talking through actually posting in a week or so. But there are some other ones where they want several months worth of work with several reels or YouTube videos or commercial style things. And in that case, you could be talking oof, several months before you kind of finish and, and get paid. And okay. also some brands go for the more organic type of content. So they want pictures that we already have. So we don't have to go create something new if it is something that aligns with their brand. For other brands, we have to actually go out and find if they want something with a waterfall, if they want some content in a BLM or Bureau of Land Management, free camping. So for those, we have to actually go out of our way and then, okay, now we have to make a plan, could take a week or two, and depending on how they work, it could take even a month or so to actually get the idea all together. But the brands that we, like I said, we, we are not working with brands that don't align with what we do. So mostly outdoors and RV industry. And with that, it, it makes it a little easier to, to create the content because we already have the niche down on, into what we are gonna create. And what she said with the organic style if anybody is really looking to do this as a job, organic is by far the best way to do it. Because as you start amassing followers and people start to, to invest in you, they will know and they will immediately call you out and say, hey, that's not you. That's a, a, a commercial product placement that you're doing regularly. They'll accept it every once in a while because they understand. But if you're, like she said, out camping and you normally take pictures of you in, in the free camping area with nature and everything. And we are, you're approached by, for example, a Rolex. <laughs> right, exactly. A Rolex, which Rolex, if you're listening, I will do that one. I will, I will <laughs> you <a> Rolex. <laughs> feel free to send me, all you gotta do is send me the watch. But yeah, so if you sit there and you do that and you just kind of, it's different if, if we were to just put the Rolex sitting on like a cooler or something, people are going to be like, hey, come on. However, if I have a Rolex on and it's really a picture of us kind of toasting where we're at and the picture of the Rolex is almost secondary, you can see it. It's highlighted, but it's not the central figure in mm -hmm. the picture, if that makes sense. Then it, it is more accepted. I'm sure that's one of the, the balancing acts of you want to do things that you're excited about. Sometimes those things come into your sphere of you haven't been using them, but you would. And now they're coming to you with this and then making sure that you're taking your style of content creation, adding in the requirements of the brand that you're working with, and then putting out a product that one, you're still happy with. It's still authentic to you but is also meeting those corporate guidelines of what they want to do with content creation agreement. 100%. Authenticity is definitely the biggest thing. They will, your followers will let you know if you are not 
authentic with it. They, they, if they follow you, they'll, they know for sure. Mm-hmm. What is the hardest part about being content creators? I would say the time commitment. We are not allowed. We still have fun. We, we feel blessed that we're able to do the, these things, but we don't, it's, it's hard to turn off. Like we love nature and going to national parks and, and all of these things. But I would say 70 something, 80% of the time that we're there, we're working. So for example, if we go to one of our favorite national parks and we're for our favorite is Glacier and our favorite hike, it, there is Avalanche for anybody that's listening and, and has been, you know how amazing it is. We go and we can't just say, oh my God, walk, take it in and enjoy it. We have to take, log a bunch of gear and then wait for people in the masses to kind of get out of the way, wait for the right picture, the right moment, the right light. Uh, Many times have to do several takes for things. So what would normally take somebody two or three hours of just enjoying an experience and a hike will normally take us two, three times that at least. And a lot, and most of it is work. So that, at least for me, that's the hardest thing. For me, that that is ever evolving. So when, once you think you finally got it all together <laughs> and you know what you're doing, things switch out of nowhere and then you have to learn again. So the fact that you cannot put something in place or a strategy in place for long periods of times that that to me is what makes it more time consuming because if i was able to put a strategy for okay this year this is what we're doing which is what or maybe like other businesses do that they do quarters like this quarter this is what or what we're going to be doing we can't really say that because things are always changing so putting together a strategy for four months might work only for the first month and then you have to do it all over again start all over again so you both have prior skills and career fields that obviously you enjoyed and you enjoyed doing on the flip side of that previous question what is it about content creation that gets you excited that keeps you going that makes you slog through taking two to three times to do something than just going out and doing the hike why do you continue to do it what value do you gain from it I think this one, I'm going to let her go first, but I just wanted to interject. I, I don't, we haven't talked about this one, but I believe it's going to be the same or very similar. I think so. So once we started growing, even before we had a thousand people, it was the feeling of having a community. So the fact that random people that have not met you in real life, feel like they know you and are there for you and support you. And at the same time, give you so much without you even asking. Sometimes we have days where we're down or we are looking for uh, suggestions on what to do in X or Y area. And a thousand people will jump and send a DM. Hey, if we're visiting this area, you should see this, this and that, or if you are around, we can meet up or you can stay in our campsite or things like that. So the community aspect for sure has been my, my inspiration to keep going. 100% the same. The people have been so awesome. And like anything, and we go through life as well. And we 
when people reach out and they tell us, I mean, we just started doing this, like we said, for friends and family, but we get people that reach out and they say, you guys are awesome. You inspire us to go out and do adventures and stuff. Thank you. And that motivates us immensely. Like just people saying that, you know, thank you. And then sharing uh, all of the stuff that, that, that Rocio just said, where, oh, we want to give you tips and, and come and hang out with us. All of those things, when we go through the, the tough times also, it's not always easy to put the camera on you when you're going through difficult times, but we try to share those as well so that people can see, you know, this, this life isn't all rainbows and butterflies and trips to mountains. There's a lot of things, you know, that happen. It's just life. And, and even through those things, when we share them, the outpouring of prayers and well wishes from, from our community is just so uplifting. And all of that definitely inspires us to keep doing what we're doing. That's really cool. Community is definitely a big part of why I do what I do. And it sounds like that is for you. And I think those are the right reasons to continue, right? The money is secondary. Obviously, you need resources to continue funding your life and doing things you want to do. But a higher purpose than just financial gain is is what makes authentic presentation of you know adventures, content, worth it. Yes, absolutely. So looking forward with our mixed journey, what does success look like for you guys? Just being able to continue to grow our family. And when I say our family, I mean the community and the people. And it's not to me, not necessarily the vanity metrics of, oh, we reached X amount of followers or anything, but just to be able to continue growing and have more people to share with and have these experiences and communications and back and forth with, to me, being able to continue to do that and growing together and having memories. We've made some amazing friends on the road and through this lifestyle. And that to me is the future. As long as we can continue to do that and get funding and stuff from it and to be able to bring cool content and grow, that is personally how what I see growth and, and progress for us. It's key that people remember that that follower counts is just a vanity metric. Like the point is not having a million followers and then only three thousand people out of those actually see your content and engage with your content and know what you're talking about. That's pointless. So to us it's more having authentic connection with people, the back and forward interaction, the DMs, the actually getting to know people. So I think that for us is success. So, so far, even though we might not seem successful in the sense of we don't have a million followers, the interaction that we have with our followers, I think is the definition of success because we have a very good. Yeah. And one of the things that we would love to do, we have not done a meetup kind of deal yet we would love to do at least one and maybe several meetups and stuff down the way to meet more people in person and and kind of get those put faces i mean we see their pictures and stuff but to actually meet and and, i mean it sounds weird i guess but get that relationship to the next level i don't (laughs) don't know how to put that without it sounding weird i guess but 
you know, for that, that would be something, another one for me personally. I think I can speak for Rocio that she feels the same. That would be another sense of growth and, and one of those next steps we would love to be able to do. Yeah, definitely. I can I can relate to that as well. The RV Entrepreneur Summit that we're putting on this fall, the theme is connection through community. And I think that especially getting out of the past two and a half years of, of crazy life with the pandemic, folks yeah. are definitely looking for taking those online relationships offline. And, and I think, you know, we're in a really cool space now where we can use technology and use being able to communicate with someone that's halfway across the world as a as a vehicle to get people together physically and especially, especially in the van life RV sector, even easier because we can bring our homes with us. So that's really cool. And I'm excited to see if that pans out for you guys. That was way more eloquently put than my take the relationship to the next level deal. (laughs) There's going to be somebody that's going to come up to you and be like, Gabe, I want to take my relationship to the next level, man. Somebody's going to do it. So if somebody has enjoyed listening to you guys speak, they want to connect with you guys and your brand, where's the best place for them to go online to do that? That would be our mixed journey on Instagram and actually in any platform. That's the same name on YouTube, on TikTok, and coming soon, the blog. If you want a quicker response, we tend to be, as, as we said, we're more active on Instagram. So that usually gets responses but it's it's definitely hard when there's a lot of messages sometimes so if we don't respond right away we try to get back as soon as possible to as many people gabe rosio thank you for taking the time out of your day to jump on the rv entrepreneur podcast with me i've enjoyed talking with you and i'm excited to see what happens with you guys in the future thank you so much for having us thank you so much I hope you guys enjoyed that conversation with Gavin Rocio and took some things away that you can incorporate into your own brand, your own business. You know, it seems like every business, whether you are a content creator solely or you've got any other sort of entrepreneurial business, content creation is a part of it. And hearing their journey and others' journeys on how content creation became part of your life and what it looks like for them too, I think is also very important to hear so that we can grow and get different groundings because I think content creation as a whole is is you know, media is not new, but the fact that individuals are becoming these media personalities is something new. And it's something that in the past has been multiple teams of multiple people. It's now one person can do it with a laptop and an internet connection. So it's really cool to hear how different people are doing it and just get different experiences to ground yourself and know where your perspective lies within the spectrum. If you want to connect with Gabe and Rocio, I'll make sure to put all of their links in the show notes. You can go there and check them out. If you're interested in joining us for the RV Entrepreneur Summit in Montrose, Colorado, September 7th through 11th, tickets are done being sold on August 1st. So make sure if you're planning on coming, this is the last weekend to get them. So go ahead and jump on the rventrepreneur.com summit, get all the information there and reserve your tickets as well. And I think with that last little push for the summit, I'm going to sign off today. As always, all of our stuff can be found at the rventrepreneur.com. Until next time, I'll see you on the road. Happy trails.